0: Hey guys welcome back to the show today we're going to be looking at whatever happens to those and i i don't mean to sound mean even though i don't know if that's going to be possible considering the subject matter but those bitter stereotypical man-hating writers that we always see online let me paint you a picture you're scrolling through facebook or twitter and you see some article from the usual suspects places like salon jezebel the guardian you know the ones, complaining about how marriage is a prison, or how children are a burden, or how men are trash, monogamy is a lie, etc, etc. Those types of pieces are always good for a cringe read, which of course, I love. But have you ever wondered what happens to those writers two, three, or heck, even five, six, seven years down the line? Like, personally? Because sure, maybe for those people in the moment, it might feel empowering to not just be happy with your singleness, which of course is totally fine, but to actually mock and criticize conventional relationships and to revel in things like one-night stands and casual hookups. But where does that mentality and behavior ultimately get you? Is that the kind of attitude that's not only going to be gratifying in the moment, but also lead to long-term happiness and meaning? Well, that's what we're going to look at today through the examination of a couple case studies since we're professional internet sleuths here on this show. But first, I need to tell you guys something really cool about our sponsor, ExpressVPN. So we all know how a VPN protects your privacy and security online, right? But what you guys might not know, and this will take your TV watching game to the next level, is that you can use a VPN to unlock movies and shows that are only available in other countries. Wanna binge Doctor Who? Well, now you can because it's on Netflix in the UK. It's so simple, just fire up the Express VPN app, change your location to the UK, refresh Netflix. And that's it. See, ExpressVPN hides your IP address and lets you control where you want sites to think you're located. And it's not just Netflix. ExpressVPN works with any streaming service, Hulu, BBC, iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. ExpressVPN is also compatible with all your devices, phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and more. If you visit my special link right now, expressvpn.com Lauren, you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. Support the show, watch what you want and protect yourself at expressvpn.com slash Lauren. So the other day I was going through some Instagram stories and I saw a screenshot of an article called I Look Down on Young Women with Husbands and Kids and I'm Not Sorry with an included photo of the author. For anyone who's listening on an audio only platform right now, the only thing I'll say is that the author of that piece looks exactly like what you might think the author of such a piece might look like when i saw that headline and the writer i was curious what about young women with husbands and kids made them worthy of this woman's pity well i looked up the article so i could actually read it and it did not disappoint or at least it didn't disappoint in terms of video content it very much disappointed in terms of things like human empathy and introspection that kind of thing so overall Mixed bag. The article reads, Every time I hear someone say that feminism is about validating every choice a woman makes, I have to fight back vomit. Do people really think that a stay-at-home mom is really on equal footing with a woman who works and takes care of herself? There's no way those two things are the same. It's hard for me to believe it's not just verbally placating these people so they don't get in trouble with the mommy bloggers. Mmm, Just starting and already she seems like a tree, right? Terms like sexist and internalized misogyny are thrown around a lot nowadays, but I seriously believe that devaluing traditionally female-dominated arenas like homemaking, childcare, education, cooking, cleaning, all of that as just inherently inferior is pretty sexist, and yeah, screw it, I'll say it, internally misogynistic, is managing an entire household and doing things that, by the way, other people do get paid to do as jobs. Things like managing finances, scheduling, cooking, cleaning, all of that, plus raising children and everything that comes with it. Really less of a job, less real work in this woman's mind than... Sitting at a laptop typing up op eds? I'm sorry, Miss Freelance Writer is literally raising the next generation, not as empowering as penning articles, decrying women who are raising the next generation. But she continues, Having kids and getting married are considered life milestones. We have baby showers and wedding parties as if it's a huge accomplishment and cause for celebration to be able to get knocked up or find someone to walk down the aisle with these aren't accomplishments. They're actually super easy tasks. Literally anyone can do them. They're the most common thing ever in the history of the world. They are by definition average. And here's the thing, why on earth are we settling for average? If women can do anything, why are we still content with applauding them for doing nothing? I think it's important to note here that according to this writer, being able to get knocked up or find someone to walk down the aisle with, apparently, according to her words aren't accomplishments. They are actually super easy tasks. Literally anyone can do them. That's verbatim. That's an interesting perspective to have. Remember that she said that because it's going to come up later on. It's true, though, most people do get married. Most people do have children, for now at least, but I don't know why that should make it any less special. Does something have to be different or out of the norm to be impressive or meaningful? Should we just stop celebrating birthdays, homecomings, and graduations because, hey, those things happen all the time, too? And what's with her equating average as nothing? There's nothing about finding a spouse and having children that qualifies as nothing. That's something. That's an investment in your future, your happiness, your legacy. Continuing, this little ray of sunshine explains, I want to have a shower for a woman when she backpacks on her own through Asia, gets a promotion, or lands a dream job, not when she stays inside the box and does the house and kids thing, which is the path of least resistance. The dominant cultural voice will tell you these are things you can do with a husband and kids, but as I've written before, that's a lie. It's just not reality. I would never encourage someone to go backpacking alone, okay? Man or woman, it's just not safe. But things like getting a promotion or a new job are definitely worthy of celebration. Like, that is a thing already that people do celebrate. I don't see why in this person's mind it's, like, an either-or thing. Like, people have a finite amount of congratulations to offer, and if you congratulate one friend on her pregnancy, that means you just, you can't. It's physically impossible of congratulating your other friend on her promotion i just i don't know what to do with that i will say though i appreciate the acknowledgement that no the idea that you can have it all when it comes to a career in kids isn't realistic. Not that you can't have a good career and children, because tons of people, tons of women do, but there are only so many hours in a day, days in a week, and it's just part of life that no one can do everything. Choices do have to be made, priorities do have to be set. But the disrespect this writer has for people who, according to her, prioritize wrong, i.e. stay-at-home moms, and it kind of seems just people who invest in family life in general, is really put on display when she writes, you will never have the time, energy, freedom, or mobility to be exceptional if you have a husband and kids. There you have it. Having a kid and a husband, not, not even being a stay-at-home mom, but just having a kid and a husband means you can never be exceptional. You heard it here first, ladies. I don't even know what to say to that. Uh, I think having a happy family, loving husband, precious kids, that is exceptional. But hey, I personally had a happy childhood and have an awesome fiance, so. Maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm just biased. And before we go any further, I have a quick message from Imperfect Foods. Did you know that all in all, over $218 billion of food goes to waste in this country every year? That's what Imperfect Foods is here to change. They believe that all food is valuable and they've got a way for you to do your part to reduce food waste and still get the foods you love. Imperfect Foods is the only food delivery service that buys the perfectly nutritious and delicious foods grocery stores won't sell and delivers them to you at a discount for up to 30% less than grocery stores. So guys, not only do you get to help reduce waste, but you also get perfectly good groceries at a lower cost. Imperfect Foods flexible plans let you pick healthy seasonal produce alongside grocery staples. Start saving time, saving money, and saving waste right now because when you go to imperfectfoods.com slash Lauren now through February 16th, you'll get $10 off your next four orders. That's a total of $40 off. Just go to imperfectfoods.com slash Lauren to get $10 off your next four orders. Imperfect Foods dot com slash Lauren Chen and enter Lauren Chen at checkout obviously that piece is a trip but at the very least it was interesting interesting enough at least to make me curious about the rest of the author's portfolio and it turns out she has another piece titled successful women do not fall in love because of course she would think that in that piece she asserts quote for men, falling in love is an asset. For women, it's a sentence to hard labor. Could the thing i be successful or great at be being a wife or a mother? Sure, I guess. But then the thing you're great at is helping other people. You're a supporting cast member in your own biography. That's not for me. Boy, I tell you, if there's one thing you can do to make yourself more attractive, it's definitely dismissing the value of helping other people. I'm sure the psychological reasons behind her almost contempt, I'd say, for marriage and children and homemakers are numerous and complex. But I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that narcissism... Plays at least some role. You see, narcissists want everything to be about themselves, but when you have a family, when you get married, when you have kids, things are not just all about you, or at least they shouldn't be. And you know what? For most people, that's actually a good thing because it means you have people in your life who you love so much, who bring you so much joy that you would gladly, no question, put their interests on par, if not ahead of your own. That's a really beautiful thing, and it's not even a purely altruistic thing either because having people who mean that much to you in your life, that is a good feeling. It's good for you. But for a narcissist, that's not good enough. It's not enough to offer them the love, comfort, happiness, and security that can come with a family. What they want is attention for everything to be about them. And I mean, we see this blatantly when this author concludes that I am in love with myself, in love with building my work, which will outlive me, and in love with proving people wrong, the ones who told me what I couldn't do, be happy and secure at the center of my own world. Now, something else I noticed about both of those pieces and actually all the pieces written by this author is that they all came out between late 2013 and early 2014, but that's it, which I thought was strange because it kind of seemed like the author had dropped off the face of the earth or something, but I wanted to see what she was up to nowadays, like six or seven years later. I wanted to see how that forsaking marriage and children is how I'll find meaning and it's all about me attitude was treating her. And after some snooping, hi, I'm Lauren, I'm nosy, by the way, in case you hadn't noticed, I saw that the name she had used for these articles was actually a pen name, but that she now used her real name when writing. So knowing that, I was able to check out her more recent pieces and would Would it surprise anyone to know that she was still single? Some of the most telling pieces about how her personal life has been going for the past few years are the ones called Got a Long List of Ex-Lovers, They'll Tell You I'm Insane Because of the Patriarchy, and How to Close Out a 10-Year Cycle of Being Bad at Dating. Yeah. Anytime someone wants to be in a relationship but isn't able to find a partner that That is a sad thing. I think most, if not all of us, can probably relate to that from at least some point in our lives. But still, I want to remind you guys of something this person wrote in 2014. And I quote, we have baby showers and wedding parties as if it's a huge accomplishment and cause for celebration to be able to get knocked up or find someone to walk down the aisle with. These aren't accomplishments. They're actually super easy tasks. Literally anyone can do them. They're most common thing ever in the history of the world. If it's such an easy task, so easy anyone can do it to find someone to walk down the aisle with, why is it, do you think, that this particular author, despite trying for the past decade, has been unable to find a good man willing to stick around? it boggles the mind. And yeah, that's a harsh thing to say, but I sort of doubt this lady is too good with the whole introspection thing, so I'll say what she's probably not going to realize on her own. Those young women with children and husbands who you were so vocal about looking down on, well, seven years later, they're not the ones lamenting their dating failures to internet strangers. In stories so personal and just pitiful, frankly, that they probably should have been personal diary entries, not articles. And they're also not the ones writing pieces like How to Think You're Hot, even if no one else does, because guess what? Their husbands think they're hot. I'm not trying to be demeaning here, okay? Despite her terrible takes, I honestly do wish this woman nothing but the best, but the thing is, I don't think she's gonna find her happy ending until she realizes that swearing off a husband and children, it's not hurting the patriarchy, it's not sticking it to the institution of marriage, you're literally only hurting yourself. And something that I realized after looking through this author's articles is that her portfolio isn't the only one that tells the story of how the people who pen all these super woke anti-traditional relationship pieces don't necessarily have personal lives that you'd actually want to emulate. Take Carly Scurantino, for example. In one of my previous videos, I referenced her article, How Did I Become the Last Single Person in My Friend Group that was published in 2017? Wanting to know, hey, How did she become the last single person in her friend group? I looked through her old articles, and I'm no detective, but I think I may have found some clues. In 2013, she wrote the article, "Threes a crowd, can an open relationship work? In which she wrote, One morning last week, I awoke to find an email from my girlfriend, which worried me. The subject line read, The time has come, we need rules. The first line read, I can't sleep and it's your fault. She and I have been in an open relationship for nine months. This is my first gay relationship, which I guess makes me bisexual, although I prefer the term down for whatever. Ultimately, the rules she and her girlfriend set for themselves were quote, no sleeping with mutual friends, no sleepovers, no hooking up with someone else within an hour of hanging out with each other, and most important, no regulars. Based on that singleness article from 2017, I'm Guessing that relationship didn't end up working out, surprise surprise, but in 2014, she would go on to write the article, That Time I Went to a Sex Party, she would eventually write pieces titled, How to Have a Threesome, Do's and Don'ts for the Music Festival Hookup, and In Defense of Hookup Culture. Come on, fellas, you don't think she's wifey material? But at least with Carly, unlike that other writer, she seems at least somewhat capable of self-reflection. In her piece about still being single in her 30s, she acknowledges that, like many women, I spent most of my 20s wondering if a conventional relationship and family is something that I even want. If you had asked me two years ago about having a family, I would have been like, ew, why would I have kids when I could devote my life to more important things like blogging and attending mediocre sex parties? But now I'm like, I'm too lazy to go out, maybe I should just start a family. I guess biology is real. And really surprisingly, later on in the piece, she actually writes... I've recently become obsessed with clinical psychologist Dr. Jordan Peterson's YouTube channel. One of his common sentiments and I'm paraphrasing, is this. Women, I know we live in a modern society where you are told to prioritize your career and put off marriage and family until later, but the reality is just because you're a woke feminist with a trendy loft apartment who's passionate about her career, doesn't mean that you've somehow transcended your biology. Most people, women especially, who don't end up forming a family unit will live to regret it. Not long ago, I I would have brushed this off as misogynistic, but I'm starting to wonder if that's simply a cop-out because I'm afraid of dealing with this harsh reality. Pretty based, I've got to admit, but before you start getting your hopes up for Carly too much, just be aware that some of her more recent articles since that piece came out include things like Is sleeping with your ex always such a bad idea? And why I choose to pursue the pervier side of life. And in 2018, she released the book Slut Ever: Dispatches from a Sexually Autonomous Woman in a Post-Shame World, which Amazon describes as a call to arms, a confessional memoir, a slut manifesto as told by a sex-radical hedonist in a pink PVC mini-dress. Oh, Carly, you were close to something there for a while. And I don't mean for this episode to be an example of schadenfreude, i.e. to say, hey look, these people made bad takes and they're now miserable, let's celebrate. It's more like, hey look, this is where bad takes get you, let this serve as a word of caution, don't listen to them. And it's strange how many pop culture relationship columnists seem to be really bad with relationships it's almost as if their articles aren't really advice to help their audience find love but actually little journal entries almost meant to bring people down to their level of debauchery or try to justify to themselves that no i I swear i actually am happy honest don't take relationship tips from people with messy personal lives the couple who's been happily married for 20 years They're the ones we should all be listening to, not grouchy, single, promiscuous millennials. That's pretty much all I have to say for now, though, and as always, I would love to know what you guys think. Will these writers ever find love, and where can people go now to find actual, meaningful relationship advice? Let me know, but that's it for now. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and I'll see you next time.